The dream economy is here. Are you coming? Welcome. My name is Katherine Morrison, and as I've coached countless online entrepreneurs into six, multiple six-figure and half-million-dollar businesses, I've learned a lot. One of the main things is that I'm not just here to help you create a high quantity of money. It's actually pretty easy. I'm here to help you do that through the highest quality money imaginable. That means activating and amplifying your unique frequency to take your being and form it into a magnetic, sharply differentiated brand that has clients dropping in out of the sky, salivating to work with you specifically, not someone who does that thing you do. I'm here to help you open the channel for the creation that wants to come through you, where growing your business and building demand comes from razor sharp business precision and business growth is always tied to an expansion of your pleasure. Expanding your mind and your nervous system to create more, receive more, and be bigger in visibility and impact in the world than your rational mind ever imagined possible. This isn't matrix business building. It's business building through soul ascension. This isn't just business coaching. This is the timeline to your destiny. Are you ready to play? Welcome to the Ascension Through Entrepreneurship podcast. Let's get started. soul family how are you all feeling i don't know if you've noticed but the world is on fire war death destruction recession decay and i wanted to pop on with some thoughts both from a spiritual energetic lens actually much more today from a spiritual energetic lens which then feeds into right this is ascension through entrepreneurship you are listening to this podcast because your your soul is like what i am here to manifest is through my business right and so we're going to look at it first from that spiritual energetic lens and then fueling that from there what does that mean for your business what does that mean for your mission as well as some thoughts to consider for the collective and it really dovetails very perfectly from the conversation we have been having around brand alchemy which is all around the process you must go through as an individual within your identity in order to fulfill your potential And what happens is when you don't willingly opt yourself into the brand alchemy process, the universe will do it for you, (laughs) right? Like if there's something you're here to do, you have a destiny. It's like maybe you're in a nine to five and you're using your nine to fives as an excuse to not grow your business. And then you get laid off. That actually happened to me two times. when I was in my nine to five and I was like, oh, maybe I should learn something here. Maybe you're being called to transform your larger business in some way, but you're squashing down those nudges because you're afraid to give up the income, the reliable income. And then all of a sudden waves of clients decide not to renew with you for seemingly no reason. Crisis will emerge for you when you don't listen to the initial whispers the universe is sending and you don't willingly opt in to actually turning over the soil and, you know, really turning over the soil and growing into that next version of yourself when you don't learn the lessons, right? So first it's whispers, then the universe will speak, and then it will roar with a fierceness and force that will stop you dead in your tracks and make you fucking listen. We see this with global warming. The first time 
in my awareness that global warming really hit the mainstream consciousness was in 2006 when Al Gore released the documentary An Inconvenient Truth. 2006, that's almost 20 years ago now. And nature at that point was moving from a whisper to speaking to us then, telling us to stop doing what we were doing to the planet. Now, almost 20 years later, as sea levels rise and extreme weather is becoming the new normal, it's starting to scream at us because we did not listen to the whispers. We see this with the cyclical economy of economic booms and busts. There's always writing on the wall that it's coming for those who are willing to look. All right. And I think what we're going to cover today, I think there are sort of natural ebbs and flows that it's like, I don't even think that that is just like how nature works, right? So there's what sort of natural rhythms are and ebbing and flowing. And then there are more patterns of cycles that we're here to transcend and evolve through, right? Ascension. And we could also look at this with massive changes in technology where something new comes along and it brings death to entire industries. Think about coal miners. It used to be a giant industry. And now all of those former mining towns that haven't reinvented themselves are stuck living in the past, literally still lobbying every election cycle to try to bring coal jobs back. No matter how much evidence we now have that it's like horrible for the planet, right? And so we're seeing the whispers of the next big rupture with artificial intelligence, which for the first time in history will render many current well-paid white-collar jobs unnecessary. AI is just going to replace them. And so whole swaths of jobs will be wiped out and replaced by technology, the same way the emergence of things like automated toll booths and self-checkout registers in many stores has wiped out jobs that used to employ tons of people. When there is disruption... People can either choose to cling to the past and bemoan and resent the past, or they can decide to evolve and create a brighter future. We're also seeing collectively as a pattern, global conflict rise. Ukraine and Russia, Israel and Hamas, China and Taiwan, all of which had ongoing tension and undercurrent of tension for a long, long time. And now it's disrupting. Now there is a human response and a spiritual response. The same way we talk about this in your business, right? How your work is becoming the spiritual being, having the human experience, not stuck mired in your day-to-day. But not being stuck in your mind doesn't mean you escape the human experience. Nor would you want to, believe it or not, talked about this last week, the end of the Clover podcast, your soul decided to come here right now for such a time as this. It literally chose right now. And I've been thinking recently about a talk I heard Ram Das give, who for those that don't know, he was a former Harvard psychology professor in the 1960s who basically had a spiritual awakening and then realized how what he was teaching around the mind 
was all just, oh, like, oh, this is just like one little layer. And it's actually me spending time at Harvard doing this is like keeping these humans caged in a much lower level of consciousness, a much lower level experience than we're actually able to have when we sort of can expand out into a higher level of consciousness. So cue the decades of meditation and plant medicine and spending time in ashrams in India And he was active as a speaker and leader within the Vietnam era, helping to raise consciousness on the planet. And I have spent a lot of time just listening to the speeches, the talks, the lectures that he gave, like, what, 50 years ago? Like, many, many decades ago. And I remember someone came on to ask a question about the atrocity of war and death, Given those years were another time of very high global tensions. It was, you know, right in the thick of the Vietnam War. And I will try to convey the response. Although, as you will all know, being in this podcast with me, it's often not so much the words that matter, but the transmission of your energy behind the words. And he spoke so eloquently about being able to change the channel, not even change the channel, but just to be able to expand into that higher level of consciousness between the human and your larger spiritual being. Like part of you coming here was to experience all of life the good, the bad, the ugly. And your human should be sad right now. Terrified would be a very normal feeling to have. To witness the atrocities that are happening and to not feel that way would probably be some sort of bigger psychological illness. So if you are feeling low, sad, scared, Allowing yourself to really go into those emotions fully and touch them all the way through. To cry, to pound the floors, to actually allow yourself to touch the feeling of terror that maybe is coming up, but you're not allowing yourself to see or touch or feel because of how awful it might feel. And then zooming out into that broader spiritual lens and seeing this pattern again and again and again, war and peace, empires rise and empires fall. Like really right now, closing your eyes if you're able to and feeling into the truth of it. For as long as humanity has existed, we have just been running through collective patterns the same way individuals in their lifetimes will keep bumping up against the same patterns and issues until they evolve past it. And the collective is nothing more than all of us as individuals combined. And when you can sit in that bigger space of awareness, that space of your spiritual being as the observer watching the collective, but not being part of the collective. You can see these cycles throughout time and space for thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years over and over and over again. And to be able to see these patterns of darkness and light and to not resist it, to not resist it, to not judge it, to not want to fight and rage, but to just observe it with loving awareness. 
And if you are just at the beginning of your spiritual journey, in order to move from that smaller human, right, like your human mind, your human emotions, to be able to expand out into that larger spiritual being, you you might be able to feel like you get there, but it feels like you have to change the channel, right? Like you can't exist, coexist in both at once. But as you develop spiritually, you will begin to hold, you can hold both levels of consciousness at once. So that instead of mostly being a human who sometimes does meditation or embodiment practices or sound bowls, and every once in a while, you can touch that larger spiritual reservoir within yourself, that larger spiritual being within yourself. As you spiritually develop and advance yourself, you will be able to hold both levels of consciousness, both of those at the same time, both your human and the terror and the sadness and the grief and the spiritual being that is able to observe with loving awareness, everything that's happening, which is important because it isn't until you are soul led, seated in that larger spiritual place that you will really be able to tap into what your human is supposed to be doing right now to actually help. I want to actually read a passage to you from a Ram Dass talk from 1968, which was in the throes of the Vietnam War and civil upheaval in America. He said, I know many of you will feel uncomfortable when I say this, but the hippies create the police as much as the police create the hippies. And the liberals create the conservatives. The protesters create the John Birchers just as much as the John Birchers create the protesters. That as long as you are attached to whatever pole you are representing, the vibrations which you are sending out are creating its polar opposite around you. If you can do whatever is your dharma, which may be walking in a protest march or fighting in Vietnam or being a conservative or a liberal or being a housewife or being a yogi. And you can do it without attachment and do it fully and thoroughly, but without attachment, then you do not create that karma. You do not create the polar opposite. I just want to pause and like let that sink in. And if you need to rewind back and listen to it again, as much as I have shaped myself with so many of these learnings, so many of these teachings, so much deep spiritual practice, I listen. <laughs> I am a human too. But as I have developed myself spiritually, I have come to understand the truth of this with so much more depth and understanding, right? I think it was like the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, that's cognitively interesting. But as I have gone down this path, it's like, I can't, you can't help but look out at the collective and see it. You can't help but look out at the collective and see these, what do you see across the board is just these opposite poles, these divisions, right? And rather than coming to the center to, to creating any sort of progress, you just see more tension, further polarity in the poles. And so this path is not easy. And I know this is deviating a little bit from my general content, which is focused on your growth in entrepreneurship. 
right? As the playground for your soul's involvement, ascension through entrepreneurship. It's why you listen to this. But given how fucked the world is right now, I thought we should take a pause and really double click into this because there is a place. And I remember feeling so resistant to when I heard him speak about this in a talk where being in the the spot of that spiritual being and seeing all of the cycles through thousands and thousands of years of these people just reliving these collective traumatic patterns and almost finding the art in it, almost finding the perfection in it. And I know it's it sounds like I struggle, right? Like oftentimes to get there myself, but it is, listen, I'm not... <laughs> I don't think my path is to become Buddha. I just think I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) And so I recognize it's not necessarily going to be my path to ever be able to ascend to that level where I would even be able to have that enlightened of a perspective around it. But who knows? Maybe that's a limiting belief. And so get curious and hold space around What is my role right now in this great cosmic theater we are all playing? Which is sometimes really interesting to think about, right? Like we're just playing theater. RuPaul says it's like we're all born naked and the rest is drag. (laughs) We all just get to decide. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you really get to decide. I think your soul decides and you can decide whether or not you listen. Now, if you're stuck in your little human mind... There will be a list of shoulds of what you should be doing right now, what you should be saying, what others are telling you that you should be thinking, doing, and saying if you are a good person. And if you aren't doing it, you're a bad person. And most people will then go about doing these things and quote unquote helping in the collective from a charge of energy that creates the polar opposite and just generates more conflict, more disagreement, more of the same of those cycles we have seen again and again throughout time and space. And it'll feel righteous, right? It'll feel like you're helping, except actually it's just perpetuating the conflict. It's just creating more of the same. And you can start to see when you scan back and you see as that spiritual being for thousands and thousands of years, this net that we as humans continue to catch ourselves in. You may have heard the Rumi quote, out beyond the ideas of wrongdoing and right doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. And that field That's where I want you to meet yourself to arrive at your answer of what you should be doing right now. Because when you are able to sit back and tether into that place, into your deepest knowing, your deepest truth, your soul, there may or may not be a pulse to play an active role in anything that's happening. There may be. There may be a pulse to march. There may be a pulse to serve as a fighter. Maybe you enlist in the military. I don't know. Who knows what you'll find? But can you then move forward and serve whatever pulse that is in this great cosmic theater with actual zero attachment? Because if you're fulfilling whatever role from a place of attachment, from it has to be this, from resentment, from righteousness, 
you are just perpetuating more of the opposite energy inside of the collective. I want you to think about it. It's like the myth of the Hydra. If you remember that myth, I think it's a Roman myth, right? It was a snake and you would cut off its head and then two would grow back in its place. And so many people, they think they're helping and they're cutting off the head of the Hydra and all that's happening is two heads grow back in its place because the energy they're approaching, everything they're doing from is off and it's just generating more of the same, more conflict, keeping us stuck in that same net our collective keeps getting stuck in. And so if you can sit back and there is a deep inner knowing that you are meant to play an active role in all of this, then do the spiritual work you need to do to fulfill your role, your destiny, without the human emotion and attachment that just worsens and perpetuates the cycle. Maybe you're listening to this podcast because you like it felt like maybe you were growing skills and a way of being as an entrepreneur that was always meant to actually help lead you into this next path of whatever you're meant to do. And maybe you don't end up being an entrepreneur for your whole life. But for many of the people listening to this, you're here because you are still feeling like right now it's entrepreneurship for you. You listen to this podcast because you have a knowing deep inside of yourself that your dharma, your soul's path, your highest destiny, why you are here and born on the planet today, your purpose is meant to be touched and reached and fulfilled through your path as an entrepreneur. You listen to this podcast because there is a knowing deep inside you that your gift for the collective is a service that you fulfill through your business. That is your dharma. That is your soul's path. That is your purpose. That is why you are here. And that's the greatest possible thing you could be doing for the collective right now. Very likely. And so I also want to acknowledge the very real likelihood that when you tether into that deepest part of yourself, when you really get quiet and you listen to those deeper intuitive knowings, you may very likely receive zero pull to take part in what's playing out in the global theater right now. And if you connect deeply within yourself and you don't feel a pull, your work right? Your actual work with your human mind is to not judge yourself for what your human mind has been conditioned to think it should be doing. There are warriors who literally their souls came here to fight. Like they like signed up for it. I know a lot of people in spiritual spaces are like, love it, love it. It's like, I like the light. We also must talk about the shadows. There's actually a really interesting part in the Bhagavad Gita around this, a warrior and his human moral dilemma around fulfilling his dharma, his role. There are artists who came here to make art, to wake people up through color and texture and sound and taste, to give them a transcendent experience of another dimension through their work. There are entertainers who came here to entertain And that is their highest and greatest gift for the collective, even at this time of darkness on the planet. In fact, not even even at this time, especially at this time of conflict, of war, of destruction. It is their duty 
to entertain. I actually got on my Instagram stories about that this past week and told the story of this guy I had on my podcast, I don't know, at this point years ago. You could go back. I don't I don't remember the podcast episode. Um, his name is Kevin Venardos, and he is a former Ringling Brother ringmaster who started his own circus. That was what his soul felt like deeply called, like, I am meant to do this. And so he runs the Venardo Circus. And we became aware of him and his business, my family did, during COVID when his circus was in town. And we were dying to get out of the house. It was like the early part of COVID where everything felt really unsure and, and really scary. And so we bought tickets and all of the chairs in the tent were like socially distanced and we had to wear masks the whole time. And I don't know, there was still just like in the air, like you could just feel like this, the tension, right? But oh my God, like the, oh, I could cry right now. But it was like a bubble came over the tent. And for this brief period, all of that disappeared. Right? And in this period of like, immense collective fear and contraction and uncertainty of what was happening with COVID, this man's ability to double down on his circus was food for the soul. And it made me feel alive in a way I hadn't felt for months. Like being able to sit with my children, to laugh, to watch these people perform. It was a lightness and a joy my soul deeply, deeply needed during that time of darkness. And I was so deeply inspired by this guy. Like you could just feel his passion for his business and circus. Um, and I was like, man, I like, I have to have him on my podcast. And you know, it's a big deal because I do not have guests who are not current clients on my podcast. He is like one of the only people ever. And one of the things he spoke about was how passionately he felt the world needed him during that time of crisis. How how it wasn't like the world became dark and then the circus was like, oh, it's so silly. Like who needs a circus during times of war or like times of, you know, destruction, times of like darkness, right? How necessary he felt the circus was always great, but during times of darkness, the circus became necessary. It became something that allowed, it became medicine that allowed people to get through dark times. And he even shared the story on the podcast. He talked about how during World War II, there were very tight restrictions placed on who and what could use our railway system in America. It was basically just being used to transport the military and weapons. And one of the only exceptions that was made for use of our country's, way, well, I'll say our, I know we have a lot of global listeners, for America's railway system during World War II, one of the only exceptions that was made was for Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. The American president at the time, Franklin D. Roosevelt, actually signed an exemption and gave the circus special privileges to use the railway system to travel the country and deliver the circus all around the country to actually help break up tension and, and stress and like to help people who were feeling all of the darkness of the war. Oh man, I'll cry again, right? Like it was their job to bring lightness and joy to the collective. And really, 
For those of you in the accelerator, you will find your answer to what you should be doing right now within your brand ethos. There is a specific role you have to play in the collective right now, and it rests in your soul. That answer might be that you step into activism while running your business. That answer might be that you are meant to be a circus clown, and that is the highest and best use of your being for the collective during this time. To be the person who has the gift of bringing levity, lightness, joy, play to break up the fucking darkness. And so as you drop into this, you know you are listening to this podcast because your soul feels called to evolve and express itself in a very specific way in the collective through your business, your purpose, your dharma. And I want you to think about what is happening globally with this total decay and destruction so much all at once, so many old systems crumbling, so many old structures, so many old paradigms, and what that creates. When plants and animals decay in nature, it creates nutrient-rich soil. We need decay in order to give us a foundation of soil that the next generation can root into, that can take that decay and let it be the nutrients that help fuel its growth. I want you to think about what came after the Dark Ages, the Renaissance, right? And so right now, In this period of darkness, if what you are bringing is light to the planet, if what you are bringing through your business is of a higher vibration, possibility, joy, connection, creativity, collaboration, then do not stop your business right now. If your human needs self-care, rest and give it self-care. But if deep within yourself, you know that if your business could grow, if you could impact more people, if what the growth of your business would represent is more connection on the planet, more happiness on the planet, more joy on the planet, that you would actually take your corner of the world and elevate it through the growth of your business, then dear God, do not stop building your business. Imagine if all of us listening to this right now, if we just decided to like succumb to the darkness on the planet right now, if we stopped being beacons of a different, better world, a brighter future, a more beautiful planet, what good would that do? Nothing. In fact, it would be an entire network of us across the planet. Like if we could see, right, all of our lights across the planet, there's a global network listening to this right now. And we could see as your business is growing, it's like your little light, the node on the planet is getting bigger and brighter. Your impact is growing. You're helping more people. Imagine if this entire network right now listening to this, if we all just collectively, literally building a different world, it's what we're doing. Imagine if we just decided to stop and turn off our lights. Imagine that entire global network, the lights growing and pulsating right now and rising across the planet, if all of it just suddenly went into darkness. I was actually thinking about a client 
within Pleasure and Precision, my scaling mastermind, and she is a tech product marketer. And tech is one of the industries this year that has had a really tough go. But her business inside of the mastermind was popping off like gangbusters. She like hired her first employee and then it's like, oh, I'm going full agency. Like I've got to hire more people on. And I remember having to coach her on like her guilt, her guilt that she was thriving and doing well when the rest of the industry seemed to be in a, a place of decay, right? There's a there's a reason why those of us who are really rooting into our souls, what we're meant to do, who we're meant to be on this planet and growing from there, we are the next generation of leaders. And so while we see all of this death and all of this decay, that gets to be fuel. We get to eat the poison and turn it into sustenance to help us grow. And I remember for her thinking, she was like, looking to hire. I think on LinkedIn, she was like feeling like it was, I forget how she worded it, but it was something like, because so many people were struggling, she felt weird posting to hire. And I was like, wait, what? Like, do you know that like, if a lot of people in tech are getting laid off, that like you are a gift, that your company growing right now is a gift. And so if you root into yourself and you feel that the expansion of your business brings and actually grounds into the collective codes of something of a higher vibration, do not dim your fucking light right now. That dimming your light, turning it down, succumbing to the darkness, going to a different pole and trying to fight darkness with more darkness, that's how darkness wins. When the lights stop shining, when the creators stop creating, If the growth of your business represents the growth of something better on this planet, now is the time to double down. The old world is decaying and the new world is not going to build itself. Roll up your sleeves and I'll see you out on the field. I love you all so much and I'll talk to you next week. Oh,